When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Welcome to episode 120. Wow. Wow, Bethany. Wow. What a week it has been in Bravo. I mean, every few minutes, it was like another story was breaking. You've got Bronwyn coming out as a lesbian, the first ever openly lesbian housewife. You had Kelly's crazy Watch What Happens Live appearance, where she accuses Bronwyn of faking her alcoholism to have a storyline. You've got Kyle, Kathy, and Dorit getting COVID on The Real Housewives of of Beverly Hills. And then you've got this insane story with Erica Jane. Um, Her and Tom are accused of embezzling funds that were meant for victims of a 2018 Lion Air plane crash. And the more information that comes out, the more credible this lawsuit sounds. I mean, it is really bad. (laughs) If you're interested in finding out more about Tom and Erica's legal troubles, you should follow my friend Kirsty Moore from the Reality TV and Me podcast. She has shared a bunch of stuff on Instagram. It is absolutely wild. Another crazy thing that happened this week is that Jax Taylor finally got fired from Vanderpump Rules. And I have to admit, I actually was shocked. I didn't think they would do it. If they didn't do it back in June, I wasn't sure what would make them do it now. But you know, it appears he was let go. Brittany is going with him. And of course, he is trying to tease that he is going to be back on TV doing some sort of Vanderpump babies, Vanderpump dads spinoff. But, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Lori K. Public Relations is working overtime on this one. Also, nothing screams I was fired more than releasing a public statement on 5 p.m. on a Friday, like right before the weekend. It was just, whew, chef's kiss. Well, I have got a fantastic podcast in store for all of you. Two-thirds of the Know That podcast, Donnie 
Hadfeld and Quentin Lamar join me, and we break down everything from the latest gossip happening in the Bravo universe to a very deep dive into this um, past week's Real Housewives of Potomac and also this week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We didn't get into the Real Housewives of the OC or Southern Charm, but I would love, love, love to hear from you guys on what you think um, on these seasons, especially Southern Charm. It was a really interesting episode. They tried to handle COVID and Black Lives Matter and Catherine's racism issues, but also her family's history with John C. Calhoun and that statue and what it means in Charleston. There was just a lot happening. And I would love, love, love to hear from other people who are watching to see what they're thinking. Um, It was also kind of interesting because the episode ended with Austin getting COVID. And then it looks like next week, he gives it to everyone else but Shep. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of COVID, I hope Everyone out there is staying safe. It's really, really hard to see the numbers of people getting sick and people going to the hospital. And if you're a frontline healthcare worker, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, And to all the teachers who are doing online school or doing in-person school, wearing masks and dealing with all the PPE, you are also heroes. So thank you guys so much. I hope you really enjoy this podcast. If you like it, go ahead and give me a rating on Apple Podcasts, and you can reach me on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm here with Donnie Hadfield and Quinn Lamar, who are two thirds of the Know That Pod Real Housewives podcast. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Great. I'm all right. Good. I am so excited to break down like all of this crazy Bravo news with you because I don't know if you're like me. I felt like every like 30 minutes yesterday, just news was like hitting my Twitter feed and Instagram. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it was a big day. It was a big, yeah. even work people reached out to me. Who knows? They're like, I hear there's a lesbian on The Real Housewives. <laughs> Are you okay? And they're like, isn't that exciting? And I was like, yes, yeah. It's just. Um, so, what did you guys think of Bronwyn's coming out? Like how she did it, timing wise? So I have never watched um, OC before. I was going to start this year because of our podcast. And then everything with Kelly Dodd happened. So I was like, I'll just boycott (laughs) it. I I never watched before anyway. Um, So I'm not sure who Bronwyn is as a person, but I'm very happy for her and that she's finally able to live her truth. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing with me. The only thing I know about Bronwyn is from what I've seen on Monique Samuel's Instagram post. So I know like there's like a little crossover thing there and they're like kind of cool. But yeah, like like he said, I'm happy that she's living her truth and coming out. And I don't think we've ever really had a fully lesbian housewife open openly lesbian we've had some lesbian relationships but (laughs) nobody like openly lesbian so that's trailblazing and that's great um it's funny i read about it right after the like um elliot page news so i was like wow this is just this is a lot going on today (laughs) 
Yeah. <clears throat> I know. But um, I'm happy for her. I'm excited for her too. And it's just, it's just interesting. It'll be interesting to see how things progress. You know, she's got this husband and seven children and she's just gotten sober. And then Kelly Dodd goes on Watch What Happens Live and tries to apologize for some of her behavior, but then accuses Bronwyn of making her sobriety a thing for the show and said that it's fake. And it just like undid whatever yeah. sort of like shitty Jax Taylor apology she put <laughs> right. together. Well, I think all of the apologies even before that were so rehearsed and obviously like fed to her from Bravo anyway, that it didn't feel genuine. So of course this like, I don't want to say trash person, but trash person is going to continue <laughs> to say these trashy things. It just, yeah, it, it, it seemed real to me. Well, it's kind of like housewives trope anyway. Like anybody who has problems with sobriety is automatically a liar. They're always accused of not really being alcoholics. And then we have Sonia who is very likely alcoholic and <laughs> nobody says anything. It's just like, oh, she's okay. But Luann's she's faking. I think it's par for the course, kind of, but it's still terrible. Yeah. I think so much of it comes from like people don't want to acknowledge their own issues with alcohol, so they project it. Just the fact Mm -hmm, that these women can't go one event without one type of alcohol. Like Bronwyn said, tequila was her trigger. She held an event, a vow renewal for her and her husband, and they served vodka and everything else, just not tequila. And all the women were like, we can't have that. And they stopped at a liquor store beforehand and bought tequila and brought it into the space. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most like college thing I have ever heard. These are like some of the women are in their 50s. Shannon Bedore is in her 50s. I like imagine that from some like 19 year old girl named Kaylee. Yeah. like, no tequila. We'll be right back. Yeah, that's what Brooks should be doing, not Shannon. Brooks. Oh my God, I can't wait to get your thoughts on Brooks. Brooks, Brooks yeah. He hangs we'll out wait, with his little we'll sister, wait. so it's already suspect. <laughs> okay, so then over in Beverly Hills, there is a massive COVID outbreak. Kylie, Kathy, and Dorit all have COVID. Somehow Kim was the one <laughs> sister that wasn't part of the super spreader event. What the <laughs> Not hell happened? somehow. They don't invite her places, I no. think. It's funny because I thought if any of those Richards were going to get it, I thought it would be Kim. <laughs> right. And she didn't. So it's no. like, wow, you never know. Yeah, Middle child. <laughs> Middle child special. It's like it passed <laughs> over. Um, no, it's just, I, I'm worried about PK. Anyone else? He's diabetes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, this is my is. first thought is like, <laughs> she's going to kill him. <laughs> oh, my God, PK. I just, I picture you like waking up in the middle of the night. Oh, my God, PK. I forgot. <laughs> it's so terrible. But like, I imagine right. him, like, I assume he's someone who has like a CPAP breathing machine at night, you know? True. And so, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know. I, and he's, I rich, just, he's rich, though. So that's true. Yeah. He probably, he'll get like what Trump got and he'll be okay. The Trump yeah. antibody cocktail. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris just... Christie. Come on now, Chris Christie. <laughs> okay, fair. If Chris Christie can survive this. <laughs> okay, he got it so bad, he said that you should actually wear masks. So. <laughs> yeah, he got it bad. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Burn child scorns the fire. <laughs> 
And I just started liking PK recently. I was like, not now, please. <laughs> not now. I love, I really like PK now. Yeah. And I really didn't like him. I thought, so he's who I would call like, this is such a horrible word, but like a Shonda, which means it's Yiddish. It means like a Jew who brings shame on our people. Oh, is he Jewish? <laughs> yes. I had no idea he was even Jewish. Yeah. And he has like weird Hebrew tattoos and stuff. But so him and Dorit are Jewish and Dorit's Israeli. Mm. Oh, okay. Right. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, is this going to be another sort of Siggy Flicker situation where I just like can't even watch the franchise while you're on it because I feel so much shame. (laughs) (laughs) You're depicting us. Um, No, if I can, if I can watch NeNe Leaks, you can watch. But they really, I mean, Dorit's fine, but like PK really kind of came around. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he was gross in the beginning. And thirsty. It's like he wanted to be a housewife too. And I can't stand those husbands that get too much involved. But I don't know. And I also thought he was acting. And then I realized they're just like, batshit crazy and that's how they are yeah well he is an actor did you know he was in titanic i just found no. that out <laughs> no what scene the when the boat is <laughs> when the boat is first leaving he's like one of the like immigrant people holding a child and he just looks at the boat and waves i'll <laughs> i'll send you the clip so was he like typecast like it's like a- i don't know did they let Jews on the Titanic? <laughs> he, he was not on the boat. He just watched it leave. I, I know that oh, there were black people on the boat, so I assume that anybody was allowed on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's wild. Yeah. So it's maybe he was acting. To see these Bravo folks as, like, you know, background. Yeah. Like, Katie Maloney is in, like, this one scene of... Oh, it's like one of those like chick flicks about um, oh, what is it where it's like like a guy's gonna leave you and <laughs> Sorry, any chick how, flick. Not yes. how to, You're not just how to lose a guy flick. in ten days, but like this other one, like a book, like a it's it was made from a book. Anyways, it's it's a girl and she's complaining about her boyfriend breaking up with her. And Katie is, like, one of the three girls, like, comforting oh. her. And I must have seen this movie, like, I don't know. It's one of those that will show on, like, Bravo at 10 p.m., <laughs> like, during the summer. And I saw it. And I was like, that's fucking Katie Maloney. What is she doing? <laughs> well, it's now like, we know it's, why it's on Bravo. It's crazy because, like, they you don't really think of them as doing other stuff. And then it's like, boom, 15 times they've shown that scene of Vanderpump and Baywatch Nights. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, that one little scene. <laughs> it's yeah i always love seeing what they did beforehand <laughs> yeah um so erica jane is a brilliant pr person either she hired brilliant pr or she herself is a mastermind because she announced her divorce on the day of the election and then she was accused of an embezzlement sham um or a sham divorce because of embezzlement on the day that they like with like right after Kyle, Kathy, and Dorit had COVID, and so it's like not she wasn't even the biggest Real Housewives story that day. And then <laughs> Bronwyn came out as lesbians. Like she knew all of these things were going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but this is wild. So this lawsuit is saying that 
her and Tom were embezzling funds um, that were meant for families of a 2018 Lion Air plane crash. And that he is like paying off debts and things with money that for his law firm and trying to fuel her and pay for her like extravagant lifestyle and that they got divorced to try and shield her from the lawsuit. This is just crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, I believe every word. Oh, yeah. I believe every word of it, too. Um, the whole Aaron Brockovich <laughs> angle of it is kind of strange to me, though, for him to be like the whole thing is him, you know, being like the champion of the people. And now he's embezzling this money. And it's like, that's crazy. And I'm like thinking, like, what if they go back further? And it turns out he like embezzled some of the settlement money from like PG&E. And like, I was thinking how big this could get. Because yeah. I don't think you just start embezzling, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, out of nowhere. So like, I uh, this this could get really bad. Also, I know he's a good lawyer, but like, I can't, Im- maybe I'm not familiar with like, corporate law but what lawyer can fund her lifestyle right well i think we know the kind of lawyer that can do it now. The, one, <laughs> well, now the one that know. embezzles yeah. but right. she's, she's not making enough before all of this she wasn't no. making enough money to fund no, she her wasn't. she wasn't even breaking e- she's still not breaking even yeah with housewives with erica jane with everything yeah. she with that whole staff of people <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, uh, it's. I do think it's. It's probably stretched him a bit th- thin. Because <laughs> um, she's like, she's not even like playing real venues, and I mean, she's she like playing at the like Howard's Theater in Washington D.C. And I, I went to go see her. You did go? How, how, yeah. Oh, how, how was, was she? So she was really good, but the whole concert, like beginning to end, was forty-one and a half minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did she show up on time? Yeah. Well, that's good, at least, but maybe she shouldn't have. Because a <laughs> right? lot of times when I you mean, go to, they're late for like an hour. So then you yeah. get. You get drunk wow. and yeah. you're dancing. You're drunk, and it was and all like, like people dancing and they had great, they had a great like DJ beforehand and they were playing fun music. And then she did her show and I thought it was a break. Like I thought it and was she didn't come back. And then the lights <laughs> came out. <up. laughs> And I've never Karen been to a concert and no. Giselle were there. Oh, that's fine. Oh. I, I live in DC and so it's the Howard Theater for Howard University and, and they came in for that. Um, which was fun. <laughs> Did they have VIP seating? <laughs> There's like no VIP seating in the Howard <laughs> I did see Mikey and they were able to get near Mikey. Okay. Um and then afterward Karen went backstage. And Giselle went to her little Mini Cooper, which was parked like a block from me. Oh and my I like, God. was walking and I saw her. And, yeah. And people were like, where's Karen? And she's like, Karen off being Karen. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's so weird for her not to go backstage also. Like, yeah. Also, I... like, do you speak in tautologies? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Wait, what, what hideous thing was she wearing? Like, uh. I didn't even uh, corduroy, corduroy <laughs> Honestly, she is so stunning that you she is beautiful. Don't know, like when I saw her in real life, like I didn't even notice what she was wearing. She's. I think she's beautiful. like relied on that a lot. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is like 
She really has. But on on screen, you see it. And then when you see her in her house, it's, you know, it, 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 ugh, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> it is. Did you see the interview that Evan Ross Katz did with her? Um, I forgot. And I think it was in Paper Magazine. And it's like a whole paragraph of asking all these questions about, you know, leading up to about her fashion and like what advice you would give her. And she just, Karen responds, pray. (laughs) (laughs) That's Karen. (laughs) Love Karen. Before we get to uh, Potomac, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the Dallas trailer that dropped. Uh, (laughs) Do Do you watch Dallas? We, we do did. watch okay. uh, Dallas. It, I don't even. I can't even keep track of everything that happened. Like Brandy was like playing dead. Um, <laughs> like I saw several people pushed in a pool. Um, I one. I know one of them was Dandra, and she was very unprepared for it. Like <laughs> she had like this look of terror on her on her face when she was going in. I don't. I can't really keep up with what happened, but I will say that the new housewife. Uh, what's her name? Tiffany, Tiffany. Moon. Tiffany Moon, she looks like she is delivering, like hitting the ground running, getting in the mix, laying stuff out. Like it's, it looks like it's going to be a good season to me. I but agree. It was crazy. Yeah. I think I really liked Leanne. <laughs> and I know why she had to leave. But no, I mean, she was the fan favorite. Yeah. Yeah. We loved her. Yeah. yeah we loved her in this house. But I, I understand why people don't, and I understand why she had to leave, but I think her presence on the show was so important that I think Tiffany's not going to fill that spot, but she's going to bring her own energy to the spot that is left by Leanne. And I a think different kind of crazy. Yeah, and I think and I think a, a crazy was necessary in that position. I wonder if she's going to stop being a medical doctor, like if she's looking for a way out. Yeah. You know? Because a lot of people that have like a real job kind of use this as a stepping stone mm-hmm. into doing more TV based work. So like right. Wendy like wanted to do more TV, you know, talking head political commentary. Yeah. And I think Housewives actually does give her more of a name, as weird I, as it is, depending no, on what venue, so. you know? Yeah. Because so. I've never seen her on CNN. <laughs> She's not. She's only on MSNBC, but I feel like Fox News is like where, like, is the kind of easiest to get on in a way. Because, mm-hmm. like, how many people really want to be the one liberal commentator on right. whatever show? Um, so the um, woman, the new housewife in New York, um, frequently goes on Fox News. To be like the more liberal commentator. Punching bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't think she takes any punches. I think she's tough. (laughs) I mean, like you're going there. Like I would imagine going to Fox News. Nobody's going to believe anything you say, but you're like armed to the teeth. Like they are completely unprepared for everything. They are. So I'm sure she's, I'm sure she's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But But it'll be interesting to see Tiffany Moon kind of and, all the stuff with Brandy talking about, um, you know, things she said about Asians. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I And I think, like I was saying about Wendy, because Wendy's story, uh, it really put a lot in. I was telling, I think I talked about on our show, how it put into perspective 
our like American privilege because we're not like first generation children and how much pressure they're under. And, and it, it sounded like Tiffany was touching on that herself and how we are kind of like, you know, as born Americans, a lot of us are like able to kind of like coast and not have to prove ourselves so much. Mm-hmm. And they like, you know, we can, and sometimes our parents push us to, but like for them, it's like the only option and how hard they have to work and what they go through and being that other. I think it's great that we get to see that with housewives because we don't really get to see that. Like I remember the scene in Beverly Hills when Yolanda was chastising the Mexican uh, contractors because they didn't know English. And she's like, you know, when I came here as a girl, I studied English at night and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you were probably having a rich man take you out to dinner and then pay <laughs> mm-hmm. your rent. And you were modeling. That's not the same as working a 14 hour labor day, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is a bit more realistic in telling Immigrant story. story. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward because I learned a lot from Wendy, like even from an African-American standpoint to her being a African immigrating here, mm-hmm. like our experiences are very different. Um, so I look forward to seeing that from Tiffany. I really relate to that, to Wendy. And I'm a first generation. My dad is from the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom was American. um, But yeah, my dad was one of those guys who like he, they named me Mandy because they, he didn't want my name to be Manya, who I was really named after because that was a Russian name. And he wouldn't teach me Russian or my brother because it was the language of communism. And then he made the biggest deal out of the 4th of July and like eating a hot dog and like having an American flag and just watched Westerns with us growing up. Like that's not like I mean, that's not anything that has a thick, thick Russian accent. <laughs> and and you know, that's not anything that somebody like me who's like my family has been in this country since before it was a country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I can't imagine like when Wendy told the story that she got she was named Wendy. Because her father's first job was Wendy's, like Wendy's. that. Mm-hmm. We that's some, those are stories you hear from like people who immigrated here through Ellis in the '30s, and right. mm-hmm. we don't really have that kind of rampant thankfulness for America. Of course, the God wishes we all did, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't really have that anymore. And I think it's important to, for us to see how entitled we are as you know later generation Americans, and puts puts things in perspective. I think. Yeah. Well, let's get into Potomac. Real Houses of Potomac is my favorite franchise. I don't know about you guys, but it is like, oh, yeah, I'm obsessed. (laughs) I love that it showcases DC and the DC area in such a cool light because I think, you know, I don't know, we get a bad reputation for, I don't know, we all dress poorly. I know that like we're all nerds, (laughs) you know, it's like a kind of a nerdy city. Um, but it's cool to be a nerd. <laughs> Look at Wendy. She's got all those degrees and You're right. brilliant and all and that. And she won't let you forget that. Yeah. Let's count them. One, two, three, four. I think it was one of those things that she didn't realize she kept saying. Yeah. And then watching it back, she was super embarrassed. She was on Danny Pellegrino's and she was like, I never will bring it up again. I can't believe I kept saying that. Well, I don't know if she like tells her friends to come on her social media and leave comments or if they just say, I'll be a good friend and they do it. But at least once a post when I'm snooping through her comments, I always see someone say like, I know you personally and you never talk about your degrees. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> so, I believe, um, 
Yeah. The big thing this episode was the wig shift party. And so we're introduced with Steven. What was he, the wig doctor? Um, <laughs> and um, the women are very skeptical of her businesses. And I don't know what it is, but I love, like, my favorite trope in Housewives is, like, a really shitty business <laughs> with a horrible launch. Like, Sonia. Like, the back, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sonia. <laughs> I I absolutely like I, and I don't care if it's a grifter type situation. <laughs> I love it. So this like episode was everything to me, especially that the wig shift party was happening at like the back of a strip mall. Like that is <laughs> yeah. that is peak housewives for me and like in terms of like the delusion. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like where I went to get my hair done when I like lived in the suburbs of Philadelphia and was still in high school. And it was like in between um, a place where you could get cheesecake, a bakery is the name of it in between a bakery and like, (laughs) and like a place to get your driver's license. So good job, Karen, for booking that location. I want to know more about Steven. So it sounds like (laughs) Steven and this, I love that Potomac does this, but they kept showing, um, like mean things he said on social media to Giselle. Is he the equivalent of like Leon Locken's wedding planner? <laughs> Just like trolling the other cast members. It seems, it seems like, like it. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This makes this everything's coming together. And I don't know how close he is with Karen, but I feel like Giselle talks a lot of shit on Karen on social media. So if he and Karen are friends instead of you know business partners i could see why he would come after giselle but i almost hope they're not and that he just does it for sport (laughs) i mean he seems like a petty little bitch in the best (laughs) possible way like yeah yeah i love it um so we see ashley and monique go to lunch and i'm telling you ashley is earning her pay like she is young. She always she has. Brilliant. Yeah. She always has been. I don't know if I appreciated it. I was almost annoyed with it the first few yeah. seasons with like her pot stirring, but she's perfected it to a way that I like am in like I find it endearing now. Mm-hmm. And I feel uh, like oh go ahead. No, I just feel like Ashley is like one of those people where when you go on like a work retreat, she's the one person that never forgets that you're still at work. And it's like, we can have fun, we know, but we have to hit these marks. We have to do these things. And she brings, it's almost like she's good at improv. She knows how to keep the story moving forward. She knows how to toss it and, and how to give. And she yes ands. Like she, she really does the heavy lifting. I, I would say that Ashley helped definitely make Potomac what it is today. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like on her small little back and <laughs> broken marriage <laughs> and broken marriage which oh boy <laughs> and that's what i like about her is that she will deliver the drama within herself yeah in the group but then she'll also show us her home life and show us what a trash human she's married to and i feel like so many of these wives pick or choose or do neither i feel like they either show you their family or bring drama to the group or just are there for the ride and don't really deliver anything where ashley i think gives it all to you she does and and she's like a legit like 
mom yeah. hanging out in this area. I've said this before in the podcast, but um, one of my good friends brings his daughter to the playground in Arlington, uh, Virginia, like every Saturday um, throughout this whole quarantine time. And his daughter started to walk. And so they go to the playground and Ashley's been there with um, Dean, but he didn't know who she was. And so they've been talking this whole time and, you know, kind of chit chatting with their masks on and their kids are kind of playing near each other. And only in the last few weeks, like someone was like, Hey, like, how do you know Ashley Darby? And he's like, Oh, I didn't, I don't even know her name. I just see her every Saturday. And so then he like <laughs> snuck a photo of her and <laughs> sent it to me and was like, do you know this woman? And I was like, Oh my holy God, that's Ashley Darby. What the hell are you doing? He's like, I've been hanging out with her for months <laughs> uh. with my daughter. I had no idea. <laughs> that is so cool. I just love her so much. We have some friends in DC and when we went to Oz at least five times, like whenever nice. we would visit, we would go to Oz and I would always, these poor servers, that was the first question. They're like, Hey, I'm Tammy. And I'm like, is Ashley here? Right? <laughs> and like, no, 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 she's, she's never, never there. there. <laughs> yeah. I know. Never. Five she times wasn't... we went five times. She... <laughs> <laughs> One time she was like literally jumping off, like out of a cave spelunking. <laughs> Yeah. Like also, we saw it on Instagram as we were like sitting there, like, guess she's not coming this time. Well, I tweeted her and I said, "Where are you?" <laughs> and she said, "She's like celebrating my brother's graduation," and then sent a picture of yeah, spelunking. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've also been to Candace's husband's restaurant. Oh, which that's on my next trip. Is I want to go better than Oz. I know Oz closed, but yeah. it's like <laughs> so it, it it's good. Well, it serves better food, right? Yeah, like, it's barbecue. Barbecue yeah. and like bougie macaroni and cheese. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm from like Minnesota and I'm Jewish. Like, I don't know good barbecue. <laughs> so I think everything is good barbecue. Well, I'm from Michigan. You can still know good barbecue. Okay. <laughs> the, Midwest knows, the Midwest knows barbecue. <laughs> I thought all of it was good and they had really good cocktails. Okay. I really want to go there, and I want to go to the Hot Dog King in, in Atlanta. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you don't really need to go to the Hot Dog King because he's from Detroit. So he basically just brought Coney Dogs to Atlanta. <sighs> and you've already had authentic Coney Dogs. I have. With me. <laughs> but we can't go just for the sake of maybe Porsche will come and have to work <laughs> for 15 minutes again. Like she did that one time. <sighs> Oh, my gosh. Well, they're not together anymore, are they? Yeah, so I don't think she's working there. No. <laughs> um, so we see Robin and Juan look for a house. And, Kinda. I mean, that was just kind of bizarre. And she says that she's got on this payment plan for the IRS and that they're going to buy this $1.6 million house. I still he, don't know if they've bought a house. Yeah, I didn't see anything on Instagram. It's 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 very strange. And she's like, he needs to propose to me beforehand and i'm like really i mean you've already been married like i feel like this proposal i feel like there's so much weight put on this proposal i'm like you know i don't get why like i don't know if it's like some internal conversation that they've had uh, that it was like that's the next step or and they've been living this way for a while and everybody and like the cast is like when you guys get married they don't need to get married have you never heard of of kurt russell and goldie hall they don't have to get married (laughs) To be happy and living together, like let it go. That's in my true. opinion. Yeah. No, totally. <clears throat> I think because they're divorced, everyone thinks it's weird. Whereas if they were just, Separated. you know, got together and had kids, I don't think people would be pushing them for it. You're right. You're totally right. 
I but don't wait, know. can we can we move on from bad businesses without talking about Robin's hats? Oh my god, Robin's <laughs> hats. Okay. So I haven't been looking at the embezzle. What is it called? Em- embezzle. Embellish. That's that's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Jane should have her own her own line of something called embezzled. Um, embezzled. <laughs> heard it here uh. first. Um, so I haven't looked at the embellished <laughs> website, but I've heard she's like sold out of all her hats. I was I said on our podcast, I was like she probably just under ordered her shipment. Of course, and <laughs> that's why she sold out. I wanted her to like link up with Karen, and then like they can like make a line of like wigs made into the hats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. I feel like those are the kind of women who would wear those hats. Like, you know, <laughs> just make it a ponytail in the back and you can just pop that bad boy on and <laughs> go to the casino. Maybe that will end their feud when they finally collaborate on that business. I can't tell why they have a feud. <sighs> it almost seems like it's just for TV. Like they realized like, oh, Monique and Candace stopped fighting. Let's do something. Because I feel like all of a sudden on that vacation in that one episode, Karen came for, well, Karen kept talking about um, Giselle and the proposal. And then um, Robin, I feel like, came for Karen twice. She talked about not liking Ray's dick and she talked and she didn't put her on the website. Her photos were challenging. Leave each other alone. (laughs) They couldn't have only had those two photos, though. Like, they've done so many. And (laughs) you can... The photos have to look that good? Like, I mean, look at the hats. (laughs) Maybe it was the hat that was the problem. It wasn't Karen's face. Right. Not everybody can wear fake crocodile (laughs) in blue on their head and look good. And I said this on our show, but it really doesn't matter what the picture looked like. Like you said, you love a failed housewives business. So I think just putting Karen on the website, she is a housewife with a following. And I think it's not asking my mom's friend Barbara to wear the hat on the website. Like this is a a celebrity on your website. And Karen is one of everyone's favorite housewives. Like she has taken, I think she's overtaken Sonia as my all time favorite. Yeah, I mean, Karen is iconic. Karen is. <laughs> she Karen is. is she is. I think her, they were like, they talk about whether or not, you know, she's involved in her businesses. I think like she's part of like, she like enhances things. She'll take, she'll become the face of a company and like lift it up and, and make it visible. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They have such a, they're making such a point that she doesn't like design the wigs or whatever. I don't think it matters. <laughs> it does. I mean, is Robin designing the hats? Like, is she like with the sewing machine? In no, her she's living probably room? just picking out those bad designs. Yeah. They're probably just, like <laughs> brought in bulk from China, and then she just like embellishes I don't know, it, takes off the tags <laughs> and put them. But like, my thing is like, but why hats? Why not take like four of them and throw them together and make purses? I don't understand why. Hats. Yeah. Caps. Caps even. Not just like <laughs> not like, you know, like nice hats. Just yeah. caps. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I wasn't sure if it's like something related to it's like she always wearing that. I don't know. Like Karen wigs are a thing with her. Like ever since yeah. that situation where her wig was not glued on right, um, you know, she's been known as always she always wears different wigs. So 
that seems to me like, you know, it's not like we're in Atlanta and you have to deal with Marlo and, um, you know, whoever else, you <laughs> yeah. know, you just, you come in with a wig line. No one else has a wig line. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, so then we see this like really awkward situation where Giselle plans a family photo shoot with Jamal oh. and he doesn't show up and her girls clearly like this has been filmed for months and they still do not like their mom dating their dad. And it's so uncomfortable to watch because it seems like they don't want to have this conversation on camera with her. Mm-hmm. And, and they shouldn't have to. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Giselle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, it's yeah. wild. It's wild. And I well, think she's... The, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think she's still with him in real time, too, yeah, which is the is. crazy part. If it was just for the show and she, like, told them, I know you don't like this, but we're I'm, screw, <laughs> screw your feelings. We're going to film for three months, and then afterwards, whatever, we'll kick them to the curb again. That would be still not forgivable and still make my stomach churn. But the fact that she is still with him, it, she's just really disregarding everything her daughters are telling her. It, it is very odd to watch her do and like the relationship itself like is okay so he missed the photo shoot that is still in the long list of things the best thing jamal has done yeah <laughs> the least of his offenses but it's like why would you take a person who has cheated on you incessantly yeah and then and, have a long distance relationship with them. And not like, even just cheated, but like gotten other people pregnant and had other children, like right. multiple S- other children. Several, several. Yeah. More than several. Like several is what, three? Uh, three or four? <laughs> There's a lot. I've had yeah. people on the podcast, you know, from the Maryland area who've gone to his church or who uh, used to. Were they pregnant? Uh, <laughs> No, but they told some crazy stories of how oh he used God. to have a gold throne that he sat on at the church <gasps> and that they used to, oh yeah, you should go back and listen. And then they used to keep at least a pew like empty behind Giselle and the girls because women used to like pull her hair because <laughs> they were jealous of her and they would be catty and like do really awful things because oh like God. everyone wanted to be with him. Kind of like wow. Mary's step-grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that man had his pick. Uh, he could have the grandma, the mom, the daughters. Like he's just who, taking I, his pick. He, he, I mean, he, was, he was at the appropriate age that he could apparently get with all of them. Oh it, my god! Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to okay. that. Let's just sit that one in the parking lot right I'm, now. I'm speechless. We'll put a pin in that. <laughs> so, a button on it. Put a button on um, it. Speaking of being speechless, Karen surprises Ray with rose puddles, uh, champagne, and she is in a bubble path. She said that she unplugged all her holes for him. <laughs> I did not know what to make of this, but my first thought was like, don't have him get in the water. Like he's going to slip and break his hip. They <laughs> were in the most dangerous place for people their age to be yes. having. Some sexy time like that was they might as well have been playing on the on the freeway it was <laughs> right very dangerous and maybe that made it sexy i don't know um <laughs> like how could he get up again from the top <laughs> you know i tell you terrible. he's like 75 isn't he ray yeah ray has he's 75 if he's a day ray has broken hip written all over him 
Right? Yeah, first she made him climb those stairs and then right? made him get in the bathroom. I mean, it took him like three minutes to climb it the stairs. It was like Moses climbing Mount Sinai. <laughs> it, was, it was an ordeal. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Karen. <laughs> it was just, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be a cameraman or producer <laughs> for that scene. Like, hanging yeah. out with Karen while she's naked in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stifle that laughter? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. And then they started laughing too. Like when they when he shut the door, like they burst out laughing because the whole thing is so funny. Yeah, it was I, a great scene. It was. It was. It's one of the best scenes of the season. I wonder if Bravo yeah. told her to arrange that, or if she came to them and said, "Like, I'm going to make a bubble bath." <laughs> I I think she comes up with all this shit. Wow. I really do. I strongly believe that Karen, she has an imagination and a mind that cannot be like clamped down. Like yeah. she thinks big. <laughs> yeah, that was that it was yeah. like, oh, this is gonna be the right like arc to my storyline with my husband about how he like defrauded the IRS and I had to soldier up and pay all this money and then uh, he didn't ever thank me for it and so we he gets angry with me and then we go to therapy and he finally says thank you for soldiering up and then I make a bubble bath it's like what? yeah because next week's the finale so I yeah. feel like this she wrapped up her storyline for arc, the season you know yeah it ends on a positive note I thought she wanted him to like romance her why did she do it I think like shouldn't he have been doing it? I mean, I think so, but he was saying, "I want you to like pay more attention to me." I think he's just frustrated that she's on the show and yeah. that she's getting recognized everywhere, right? Because yeah. like oh. enough people watch it that if you're in this DC area and you like, she's a and she's she's not just like on the show; she's like the star of right. the, the star show. of the show. I didn't get the impression that he wanted like sexy time with her. I I just thought he wanted like you know, be available to bring me a drink when I'm watching NCIS. Like, <laughs> you should. You're my wife. I'm feed old. her applesauce. So- feed him applesauce. Like I feel like he's like at that. He's like getting. You should to that be around. <laughs> like these are these are his twilight years. Oh uh. my god. Well, she was saying she has to work extra hard now to like you know make him excited. <laughs> she sure worked for I think it. There's some pharmaceutical interventions. You know, I don't think you need to like. After climbing those stairs, <laughs> yeah, right. after climbing those stairs, I don't think his performance was going to be top tier. But then I also thought, like, you know, at his advanced age, why the hell did they just get this house with all these stairs? Right? Yeah. For real. They should have like a ranch style home. Yeah, like a brand right. Totally. <laughs> Uh, so then we see Wendy confront her mom in a pumpkin patch. So a this patch. was definitely filmed like out of order. This was filmed in October, and everything else that was happening was happening like end of November, beginning of December. Yeah. So I think that they just wanted her arc to kind of end, and that's how it worked. But um, she talked about her career and how she wants to leave being a professor and do more political commentary. And her mom, you know, being a professor is like obviously considered really important. And her sister is a doctor. And so it's like, I have a professor and a doctor. Like, they're both doctors. Why would you want to go on being TV? But I felt like it was all subtext for her being a housewife. 
right? That's, yeah, you I'm going back too. and forth with that. I think that, um, but then the mother, I feel like the mother is upset that Wendy's a housewife, but the mother is fine that she is on Housewives herself. Like, you are fine being on the show and filming these scenes with your daughter. You and wearing, like, your do- <laughs> she's, like, wearing, like, stage makeup. Like, she, <laughs> she's, like, her mother is wearing makeup to be seen from a long way away. <laughs> and it's, like, you are camera ready. So, you, yeah. yeah, what's the problem? You were dancing everything with the sip and see. You were fine with that. I mean, right. She doesn't and, stop being a doctor because she's on CNN. They don't take her doctorate away. Right? MSNBC. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt I felt bad for her when her mom was like, you're a spoiled brat. Because I feel like that's a common thing for like children of immigrants to be told when their parents get frustrated with them. Yeah. You know, but you could tell she was really hurt and she really wants like her mom to like her and to be proud of her. And I, yeah. maybe that's something like as a, as an American kid who quit doing Boy Scouts because I didn't like getting up in the morning. <laughs> I I don't understand what that's like. <laughs> so I I felt be- I felt bad for her, but I'm like you know Ew. it's just a different dynamic than I <laughs> yeah. think all these other relationships that we see on the show with like where it's like inverted almost sometimes where it's like the housewife acts like the mom and the mm-hmm. mom, like at least in Ashley's case, like with Ashley and her mom, she kind of takes care of her mom a bit. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like, I don't know, a little bit more mama D style in that, like Wendy still very much seeks the approval of her mother yeah yeah and but like unlike trying to make her into another version of her mm-hmm. she wants to make wendy into this idealized version of the perfect daughter right yeah. so it's like almost like harder to achieve because like it's not even like something she can see from her mother it's just like whatever her mother's idea is she has to be that and there's no like visual it's it's um I, I don't know. I like Wendy's like storyline. I like hearing about the relationship that her husband has with his siblings and his mom and the situation between the two moms, you know, her mom and her mother-in-law. Like That's crazy. It's wild and It's very wild. I want to keep following it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like things will like change. I just don't know how. Yeah. I need to see his side of the family. I would love to see there's two things that I'm looking forward to for sure in in these shows. One is seeing Wendy's husband's side of the family and the other is seeing Mary from Salt Lake City City's mother come. <laughs> that, I, I, oh I need to God. see that. Yes. <laughs> we know it's gonna happen and I need to see that. So those yeah, I totally agree about that. <laughs> um and then speaking of family time, we see Michael. Um, finally have dinner with Sheila and Uncle Lump <laughs> and sort of apologize for cheating on Ashley. Kind of. Not really. <laughs> it was a soft apology. It was kind of like a... It happened. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry if you feel that way. It was similar to that. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't list like a... F- like I would have come with a list of grievances for him like this was just the latest but there's a whole like list of shit that he's done like are you only going to focus on the things since he became a father again yeah and this is almost like the 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 least 
bad thing he's done. At least this yeah. was consensual. reciprocal. Yeah, yeah. consensual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have brought a list. And I, yeah, I think that they just wanted to, I think they want that relationship to be okay. So they pretended that it is. Like, we came to you, you said you're sorry, let's move on. I don't know that they really feel that way. I think it is deeper than that, but they're just going to take it until he does it again. But but isn't Michael, like, paying for Sheila? So it's yeah. like, that was, like, a weird thing for me. I think that's probably why he was like, you know, what do I need to apologize <laughs> to you for? I pay your bills. And it's not right, yeah. but... Do you think some I of think, it's changed since Ashley started making more money? Because she does make a lot more money on this mm, show than she did season one. It's possible. I don't know if their money is separate. I'm assuming their money is separate. Um, she keeps getting a better deal to get more of his. <laughs> uh, so I assume that they keep their finances separate. Oh, my so God. Maybe. But, like, even if that's the case for, a, a, I would say, probably a significant amount of time, he was paying for her. So I, I, I yeah. do think that that may be like part of like, you know, I've been good to you. This was a bad thing. I could only be so sorry to you. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I should be sorry to her. And but. that makes sense too. Then when Sheila was like, we don't need an apology or whatever she said, we're not looking for an apology. He was I like, you're not going to get one. They were yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they were just like saying, we're looking for your behavior to change. Yeah. This is what yeah. it felt like Uncle Lump was, you know, <laughs> trying to get across. I need more. I need Uncle friend. Lump to be a friend of. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more of him. Me you too. bring him food, he'll be there because he likes <laughs> to grow. <laughs> Uncle Lump, he be busting that stuff down. I'm like, All right. That's why he called you Uncle Lump. <laughs> you got that lump in your throat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> Then we finally get to the wig shift party. And it's like, we've been building up to this. So Monique comes early. And there's this near run-in with Candace. And I don't know, it appeared to me that this was somewhat set up by production. Because there's no way that Karen actually wanted them to run into each other. Right. Right? Well, I don't know. So at first I thought it was not even production setting it up. I thought it was just editing because um, Monique was like, my car's not here. And then we get the text from Candace saying, I'm almost there. Then the door opens in slow motion and it's just that white lady. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I wanted it to be Candace. But then at the end of the wig shift party, then Candace says, yeah, Karen told me to come early as well. So that's when I felt like, yeah. Karen <clears throat> might have wanted them to talk through it, but I don't know. I guess we'll see next week. Like, yeah. I don't know. Can't or at wait. least at the reunion. At oh the my God. I, I think that it, I think it might've been like a production thing because if you're not, if they're refusing to film together, that might've been production trying to get crafty and try to make a moment happen. Because I, I feel as a viewer that, a big thing happened between one of the cast members and I guess several other cast members, definitely another between Candace and Monique. Yeah. And we haven't gotten anywhere with this. Like we don't have any, there's no come to Jesus about it. There's no, it's, you know, it's very, it's still a good show and entertaining, but it's very disjointed without 
addressing this big problem. And so like, I, I would, I personally would have loved for her to run into Candace for there to be any kind of interaction, hopefully not physical, but something to move the, 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 the process forward. Yeah. But we're obviously going to have to wait until the reunion for that. So, And it is going to be the best reunion. I just know it. I can't wait. I can feel I can't it. Wait <laughs> I'm, it's going to be one of those reunions where I'm going to be like looking at the clock every five minutes because I'm like, how much time is left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, five minutes. Like uh, that one four-part Atlanta reunion. Uh, you know what I'm oh, talking okay. about? Yeah. Oh, well, I, know I don't even think about. I saw the whole season of Atlanta that year, but that reunion was like everything. Well, that was, I hadn't watched Atlanta until not even that season. The third part of that reunion where Phaedra confesses, well, gets caught, not even confesses. That was the first Atlanta episode I've ever seen. And I said, <gasps> oh, I need to go into oh, it deep wow. dive. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Even I have seen more episodes than that. Oh, no, that, that was life-changing. they would have burned her at the stake if they could have one of those um one of those franchises where like i've seen the really early episodes because i went back but i missed a couple seasons in between so like i started watching later and then i was like oh this is really good i need to go back to season one and i made it through season four and then i missed like five and six i think going back is so interesting you watch them go from looking like real people to looking (laughs) like glamazons like it's Mm -hmm. yeah especially nini especially (laughs) nini and like you think cynthia like cynthia was always beautiful Mm. kim looks the same cynthia but like but better though like i feel like i feel like cynthia cynthia shatters so many age things i think like just she i think she is gorgeous like her Mm -hmm. her confess she looks like she could achieve flight like she's (laughs) yeah gorgeous and to be in her 50s it's like yeah. Wow. Dunking <laughs> her, on everybody. Her cheekbones. I don't even her know. Her skin, her cheekbones. Everything. She's the fact beautiful. that she was able to to not be model thin anymore and look better. Yeah. <laughs> Way <laughs> like, better. Whoa. <clears throat> oh, I love Atlanta. I can't wait for it to come back. Me neither. <sighs> so okay. soon. So soon. Um, Candace uh, looked pretty good blonde randomly I agree. Um, but robin reminded me of a like member of like abba she instantly <laughs> turned into like a karen like, like not and not like karen hugo like a karen yeah like a, oh i was her, thinking her, more like a like a swedish person because <laughs> like, she's like well like 59 percent european like yeah. she became 100 percent european <laughs> Like, I don't even think she looked like she was in ABBA. I think she looked like she was in the community theater of Mamma Mia. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Donnie, that is so accurate. That is so Mama, accurate. Mama Latvia. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and shit gets real when Ashley, always dialing it up a notch, brings Karen a gift of anti-acids. And she's... Like, <laughs> she's shading on Karen for not drinking while they were in Portugal. And then coming back from Portugal, being at Chase's birthday party, and apparently getting, like, hammered with Monique. And so they, they're always trying to catch Karen in a lie. Yeah. And I, yeah. it's these stupid lies that I feel like aren't worth being caught in. You know, it's not even mm-hmm. like, okay, so, like, as Karen says... You know what, Ashley? When someone doesn't want to drink, you really should not push it. 
you know, which is like basic social discourse. But they seem to really think, I wonder how much more is on tape that Karen said when they were at Monique's lake house and was very drunk Mm -hmm. because they think that ever since then she's really dialed it back. And, you know, which yeah. I would too if I got hey, what's that wrong with drunk. That? Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> if I if I did nine shots of Fireball in a row, I probably wouldn't yeah. drink for five years. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, you drink a lot, and something happens, you you take a break. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, when she ordered that milk, though, I love everybody's <laughs> okay. reaction. <laughs> Wendy was like, "Is that cow's milk?" <laughs> <laughs> and like they're in Portugal, who knows? I mean, right? <laughs> like, is it pasteurized? Like, what like, process has this milk gone through? Like, since when does milk settle anybody's stomach? Oh my it God. was just so weird. I was laughing about that with I had Veronica Leventhal, um, Kelly Dodd's stepdaughter on my podcast a few, a few weeks ago, and we both joked like as Jews, like you watch someone drink milk when they say they have a stomach problem, and you're like, oh girl, it's about to get way worse. <laughs> like, <Yeah>, way worse. <laughs> This is about to be a rumble in the jungle for real. (laughs) So funny. So, you know, Robin just like keeps pushing, like wants to know why Karen won't drink with them. Like, is she embarrassed about what she says when she's drunk? And Karen just drops like not just a bomb, but like a Mm. full on. Oh, my God. She says, no, but you should be concerned about what Juan says when he's drunk. And I mean, at th- that moment, like Ray exit stage left. He was like, "I am out of here. <laughs> like this has gone too far." Because um, those are fighting words. Yeah, yeah, really. It reminds me of when Kim Richards was talking about Lisa Rinna's husband. Like, uh-huh. you know, what you don't want me to say about you your husband. About and yeah. she's even come out and said she had nothing on Harry <laughs> Hamlin. She just wanted to piss off Rinna, right? You know. But the producer asks, and I, yeah, right. Um, I love this when, like, the producers are asking the questions um, and says, look, well, what does Juan do when he's drinking? And Karen, I couldn't catch what she said. I've rewound it a few times. Either said dust the couch or check the couch or something about the couch. I thought she said ask the couch, I thought. Ask the couch. Yeah. And then she goes, I hope I don't have to use it. And it's like, what do you have in your arsenal? Like, yeah. that is really shady. Yeah, <sighs> we talked about this on our show a little bit. I don't know if that means that he sleeps on the couch and, like, their marriage isn't happy and that's what he's been telling people, that they sleep in separate rooms. Or um, I think it could mean, like, what I know, I'll let it out on the couch, like, at the reunion. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. But when she's, well, there's so much yeah, stuff. I'm there's sorry. so much. Because no, go ahead. Because, like, what about that thing that I think Ashley brought up where apparently, like, Juan left to try to, like, he moved away to try to do something else. I think, like, manage a team somewhere. And he, like, left Robin and was going to leave her permanently. But it didn't work out and he had to come back. Like, I remember, like, Ashley throwing that out yeah. during one of her spats with Robin. And I'm like, whoa, that's a big thing to happen in that relationship. So it was like, who knows what they've decided to keep secret between them. Right. So, um, yeah, that could be something that's like a lot heavier than what we even have any you idea know, about. Yeah. I think there's a lot of bad stuff in their past. Like, you know, 
like I know a lot of people who went to the University of Maryland and like people say, you know, he was a big deal there and mm-hmm. they were dating back then and people knew that he was cheating on her back then. And that was just, you know, common knowledge I've heard yeah. from people who went to school with them. So, you know, none of them are surprised at this storyline. Like they don't even have to watch the show. They're like, oh yeah, Juan, Juan Dixon, like he, you know, he made his way around. Oh my God. And so it doesn't shock me that then when things got difficult in their marriage, like when she had just given birth yeah. and she's really vulnerable and not having sex, he went, then goes, you know, and does it again. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he's a serial cheater, and that's something that her and Giselle seem to have in common with their <laughs> men, and why they don't seem to call each other out in the way that they'll call out the other ladies, because that they have the sense. same issue. Yeah. I never you know? thought about that. But Robin kind of did. She came close when they were um, in, Portugal. in Portugal, though. I was surprised. It was Me like... Too. I was like, where is this backbone coming from? <laughs> well, she's like, she's probably like, why don't you bring him around? Like, you've been with yeah. him long enough, you yeah. know? So, and she probably doesn't see him either, which is weird if they're yeah. like best friends. And even a, a step above, like, just a friendship level, as a, like, coworker level, I'm showing my family life to the viewers and to the producers, you can do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not doing her job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, I don't see a world where Robin makes more from Bravo than Giselle does. So if Giselle's being paid more by Bravo, you need to be putting more effort in. <laughs> and yeah. she doesn't. No. But she doesn't share anything. Like, she yeah. didn't even... If she was upset that Jamal couldn't make the photo shoot, she wouldn't even show that. I'm like to ask her and she's like, well, if I'm upset, it's like not going to fix anything. And I was like, oh, since when do you take the like, you know, Meredith Marks, I'm disengaging. Right. (laughs) Right. Right? You are not that lady. No. No. So I I don't know. Like she there's something like I hate to say it, but there's something like very cold and Mm -hmm. almost like sociopathic about Giselle. Yes. I 100% agree. Very strange. Um, something's wrong. Like when she, they had to explain yeah, yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah, they had to like explain to her how she was hurting people, and she was like, "I just don't get it." I'm like, "Yikes!" Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's so Stephen, who's like the at faces by Bravo um, account. He's been saying the whole season that he thinks that at the reunion it's going to be harder on Giselle than on Monique, and that. Like, a lot of them are watching, and Giselle has no problem, like, stirring up problems with everyone, throwing daggers, all this stuff. But when it comes to her, like, you can't ever comment on her relationship. You can't ever comment on her life. And it's, I think, a double standard that after five seasons, people are really fed up with. Mm -hmm. And she's not like the audience favorite. She's not like a darling. She's the way that, you know, it's different when you're going after someone like Aaliyah that the audience fell in love with. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, they, the women are smart enough. They know how far they can go. But it's interesting because yeah. I feel like we were sold the Real Housewives of Potomac with Giselle as Queen B. And yeah. the audience keeps pushing back and being like, it's not her. <laughs> yeah. She's not delivering. <laughs> no, she's, she's, she's not. She, she had the opportunity 
she squandered it or decided she didn't want to take it. And now she like literally brings almost nothing to the show except bad fashion choices, <laughs> uncomfortable children, and like like unnecessary drama that's like indefensible. Like her her positions don't even make sense. Yeah. Right. And they're almost where it's not even like a interactive um like drama that she brings. Like she brings it and then puts a wall up where you can't even combat with her. Like Nini yeah. at a reunion, how she mm-hmm. just turns away. That's how Giselle is at every the whole dinner, I, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm really interested to see them confront her. Um, so then of course, um, you know, as they're discussing Monique coming to the party and when Candace came and all that, Karen interrupts and shows them the packaging from her wig line. Um, and, you know, Candace says that she was supposed to come early and was concerned about a setup. And then Karen just leaves. And when they're like, you can't like Wendy's like, Karen, there's women, there's people here still in wigs. And she's like, I paid the bill. See you later. And I was like, iconic. Iconic. Yes. <laughs> She's leaving the strip mall before everyone else. She's like, I'm not doing this with still you. going on. Yeah. And Wendy's pissed and she um, was like, thank you for coming to some bullshit. And I was like, <laughs> since when is Wendy pissed? Like, she didn't even have to get in a wig. And Ashley then tells everyone that Karen told Monique that she should come early and say her piece. And everyone seems to think it's a setup. And then Wendy, I appreciate Wendy. She said, to Candace, I don't know what else you need to see. If you want to see Jesus Christ of Nazareth himself tap you on your lace front, but I'm telling you, she is not your friend. And then it ends. And I was like, wow. I don't know why everyone seems to be... I know Candace is like saying she's very fragile and everything, but like the amount with which they're rallying around her shocks me as a viewer because she is such a difficult person and goes after people so hard online that the fact that they're like, well, you do, you make mistakes also. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. You, you don't, like I've said before, you don't have to be good at violence to be a violent person. (laughs) Candace incites violence. Like she, people who are nonviolent don't get into fights regularly. Like I believe that you could, and I've said it, I believe you can find people from probably second grade up until college and they can like a PSA. I beat the hell out of Candace in eighth grade. I beat her up freshman year of college. Like I feel like she brings that out of people. You throw knives, you hit below the belt, you attack. Like, I personally love that Ashley demanded an apology from her right after stabbing her, right before she stabbed her in the back, but (laughs) while stabbing her in the back. I think that was genius, but she deserved it because I really thought that she was really wrong for how she handled the Ashley thing. Mm -hmm. I can think of several times when she's been too much and, like you said, difficult. And incited violence. So, like, why Why is all of a sudden now she's the victim? Because she got beat up? I think that these women... Because even the producers in the first, like, bonus episode or whatever, after the fight, the they had the producers speak. And they said when 
they heard about Monique and Candace's fight. They were like, oh no, not Potomac. Potomac doesn't get physical. And I think the women feel that way themselves. So now just because hands were laid, they feel like whoever laid hands, it doesn't matter what came before or after, she's the wrong one, which makes Candace the right one. There's not, I don't think they're looking at different layers of it and seeing like, this is how we got here. This is whatever. I think they're just seeing someone's wrong and someone's right. I mean, in th- it, when it comes to the fight, I do think someone was wrong, right? I think it was Monique I agree. for sure. Yeah, of course. Definitely but the, Monique. But I definitely, when it comes to Candace versus Ashley, like mm-hmm. she can't then expect Ashley to just get over everything that happened and not, st- you know, support Monique. When, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. yeah. But, but I think I they're like- still riding the Candace is in the wrong or Candace is the was wronged train that they're not even looking at the layers of her other fights, like how she is on social media, how she is with Ashley. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the things that she does, like, of course, Monique was wrong for the fight. Like there's never an excuse. Once you decide that you are going to put your hands on somebody, that's a decision that you make mm-hmm. however you got there. Right. But you also can't play the I took the high road when you are not saying like Meredith, I'm disengaging. Right. No, you are continuing it. You are you are um what's the word? In, inciting, you are mm-hmm. escalating the situation. So though you did not throw the first punch, you did everything in your power to make a physical altercation happen. And we see it in previews about to happen again. Mm-hmm. And that is that in my opinion, that is violent behavior to a degree. Okay. I haven't because, heard that you know, opinion it, yet. It's interesting. It's, it's, I feel like it's very, if, if I'm not going to fight, I like, I don't fight. I haven't fought in years. I used to fight when I was younger. I know now that if I don't, if I'm not going to fight at a certain point, I'm not going to argue with this person. Right. I'm not going to make this. You step I'm away. Gonna, I'm going to step away. That's my part of being an adult. And she's like forfeited her responsibility as an adult and not accepting the part that she played in that altercation happening though of course monique is at fault for it but it takes two to tango yeah in candace's defense like i feel like i've seen monique get angry before i don't think i've ever seen her go from like zero to 60 the way that Mm -hmm. she did in that short time and i feel like candace like it was impossible to know yeah. how much she was inciting. Like Monique, like I just, could tell, I couldn't <laughs> at all. I think it was a black thing, and like my, okay. mother, my mother is very similar to Monique. I know that. I knew like when she told her when she was pregnant, I would drag you. She meant it then. Oh, I none of this is like registering for me. This is like and, it, and like if if you go back to like what season three with the fight the umbrella with Robin, mm-hmm. you see the same thing from Robin. Robin got very aggressive and very in Monique's face. Robin was ready to fight her. And I feel like for you to act like you don't understand how that incitement happens and how, That's and all true. of a sudden, Oh, like I, like I thought that Robin was actually going to hit her. Yeah. Me too. So it's like now all of a sudden, yeah. Now all of a sudden Robin, you don't understand this. You're not. Right. I mean, it's right. Very slippery slope. Yeah, I think the thing that's hard for me is that in like today, like in you know a year later, yeah, Candace is yeah. writing things online, like saying like Monique is like a zoo animal, yeah, and you know as a 
a woman who supposedly got a degree in African-American studies, you're telling me like, it's okay to call like a black woman, a zoo animal. Right. Is or a hood rat. Uh, all of that is really bitch. like it's, it's all disgusting. It's, it's low class. It's yeah. so offensive. But you know, the, from the minute she said she had a Cosby upbringing, I was like, be prepared for some pretentious bullshit. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. And here it is. Oh my uh. God. It's only uplifting women when it's, you know, Wendy. <laughs> then, right. like, you can, you can, you know. But everyone else, she yeah. is yeah, horrible to. Yeah. You know? It's, I don't like it. <sighs> well, shall we do a little dive into Salt Lake briefly? Well, let's do it. No, <laughs> let's man. Do it. I... <laughs> we'll float so, in the Salt Lake. <laughs> we're, we're just diving into that Salt Lake. Um, <laughs> we're floating in it. So it begins at the 1920s party, and we see Jen. This just is like one of the most explosive beginnings to yeah. any Housewives like episode I've ever seen. Jen confronts Meredith for canceling their sleepover and then also spending time with Mary. And Jen is so furious, and she's so drunk, and she's not making a whole lot of sense. And Meredith, oh. who appears to be one of the more logical housewives, like, cannot follow her train of thought <laughs> and it's just it's just it also wanted to get your thought especially on what you think happened between meredith's kids and jen because there's definitely more that was not shown at least yeah. according to meredith well jen also said on social media that more was not shown because meredith said that first and then jen was like yeah you're right more was not shown and everyone will be on my side when they see it so I don't know what happened. I do think based on what we saw, the grinder grinder stuff came out of nowhere. So I think that there was a conversation had where Jen was like teasing or maybe like she thought she was like just palling around with Brooks about grinder and like being sexual. And that's what made him uncomfortable as opposed yeah. to like see- physically seeing a vagina. Right. I 100% agree. And I only agree after seeing this episode because when they showed her doing the high kicks before, I don't remember her saying grinder. I think it was there last week. It was there last time and I just didn't see it. it. I was like, oh, is she talking about grinder? Like the app? (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. I think it's, I think it's, it's a, I don't know what could have happened or, I mean, of course, I hope we get to see it. But there was definitely pieces missing from that because you don't just start talking about Grinder with your mother and her friend. I don't know. <laughs> right. And your little sister. So I well, don't no, know. Jen's the one that brought it up. Brooks I know, but like. doesn't even that, say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that conversation, I mean, like, you, you know, something happened. But right. I don't. Like, the only thing that I felt was like, you know, well, it is. I mean, you're all adults. Like, her daughter's away at college. Brooks is like 21. Like, you're not kids. Right. So it's like, you're young, but, you know, we have to see what happened. Yeah. Because. I didn't have that kind of relationship with my mom. She's since passed. But I remember the first time I um, told her I had sex. (laughs) She said, well, Mandy, now that we're both adults, you don't have to tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I thought, oh. Okay, this is where we draw the line. Thank you for letting me know where your boundaries are. <laughs> like, also, I'm cool with that. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, it, that was a funny uh, I one. Just, I haven't thought about that in a while. <laughs> That's very funny. It, it's like I get like not having that relationship, but it's just like for him to be like, you know, that's inappropriate and with your kids. And I'm like, well, if you're old enough to say that and like I get you can just not like that she did it. But like trying to frame it like somehow you're traumatized by it or, you know, anything like that, like you are adults. I think he's so, just dramatic, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm and, wondering and if she was like trying to understand his like hookup situation being gay and mm-hmm. i don't i mean he's clearly she out, seems like that type but maybe he's not willing to talk about like his yeah. sexuality as publicly you know especially with his mom there i think right. that jen is surrounded by gay men in her yeah. circle she has like 20 yeah. people on her staff and it looks like 18 of them are gay men so i think she's <laughs> I think, yeah, she probably has a grinder account herself <laughs> To find new employees, but she. Or just to keep track of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that is, she probably has a comfort level that maybe he doesn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. I feel like it was, they were just missing each other Mm -hmm. and it went, you know, and someone was probably drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) I mean, you've seen those. Well, that was our second stop, so. So probably. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh! So she's screaming at uh, Meredith, who then is you know then Lisa comes over to try and calm things, and when it becomes clear that Jen is just being so angry and unreasonable and shouting obscenities, Meredith says, "I'm disengaging. This is not productive." Right. Which I don't know if we've ever seen a housewife do something like that. It was like the most anti-housewife housewife thing. Right? I feel like Aviva's done it. Okay. You're obsessed with Aviva. Yeah. First of all, I do love Aviva. I do love Aviva. But I feel like I've seen Aviva do that before. Like actually But she was a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but it is very rare. No, but when Aviva did it, she still came for them. She said, you're both white trash, quite frankly, and then left. Whereas- oh, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> they act like they didn't know what white trash was. And I'm like, seriously? Where Meredith, I feel like she really just wanted to disengage. She just wanted to disengage. And, you know, then Jen screams, you're going to go with Mary, who fucked her grandfather? <laughs> Fucks. Fucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a crime in progress. <laughs> oh, my God. And these women, it's like they all, until this point, had whispered about Mary, but no one had said it out loud. Right. You you hear them, like, talking confessionals, and they all talk about how weird yeah. Mary is. Like, they all right. say it. They're like, she's weird, but that's my girl. And <laughs> I think as maybe because of Mormonism and, you know, you that's a lifestyle that a lot of people ridicule. So I think they kind of have a rule that like, if you you're a little off or you're a little Mm. different from me, I'm cool with it. I I guess as long as I don't know, you're not gay or black or (laughs) it's like the religions have made, they have some kind of pack. Yeah. You know, like some kind of like red state pack where as long as you're not one of those things, you can sleep with whoever you want, you know, steal money from your churches. We don't care. Just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just you know do it the right way yeah and it was it was so funny it was heather was saying like 
okay, it's no big deal to like sleep with a grandfather. And but if it was like me with my grandfather, <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone to say that to me at a party. It was like that. It was at a party that the problem was. It was like like loudly at a party. Oh my god, it was. Um, and you know, even though it's true, and she kept being like, "Am I wrong?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, Jen, you're you're not wrong. It's such a. It's such a. It's 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 really like shooting birds on the ground, and she pulls that she plays that trump card over and over with Mary, and it's like you can't keep doing that. Yeah, like, no, especially because like I get, I know you guys talked about like weird Woody Allen vibes with yeah uh, her gr- husband slash step grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I mean I feel like she had to have been groomed as a child to be married. At Absolutely. And the way she acts now as an adult, I think it shows signs. She shows symptoms of abuse and trauma. Yeah. Like her fidgetiness Mm -hmm. is the most uncomfortable I think I've ever been on watching Bravo is how she fidgets in her confessionals. Yeah. It's such an interesting story. Like it's, it's like royalty. It's like ancient you know like media like Mm -hmm. her grandmother skipped a line of succession and like it's just all this weirdness i mean it is weird it's like game of thrones style yeah Yeah, like you know you got the incest you got like the backstabbing and oh my gosh and so sharif has to pick up jen and you wonder how many times has he had to do this in, in their marriage? They've been married about twenty eight years. Twenty sounds like years. at least that's how long they've been together. So what's twenty eight times three hundred and sixty five? <laughs> exactly. She's probably mellowed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. You're I right. I think she was like that girl, like arguing with him outside the club, little <laughs> bitty dress, <laughs> totally all in his face. Oh my god, the one club in Utah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm imagining. Really going off of, yeah. You're looking at a girl? Are you kidding me? <laughs> a lot of yeah, people totally say true. that Jen seems like she's performative and she's That's how I feel. Putting on a show. And I can see that, but I feel like when you're that level drunk, it that your emotions are genuine. So I feel like tonight, well, this party, I feel like it was real. Totally. Whoa. It's just when she's with the Shaw squad, that's what I feel like is performative. When mm, she's like okay. trying to be a Sonia with interns, like we've seen this before. Right. right. You know? I, I think that it's, I think it's kind of both because, like, yeah, her being drunk at the party and behaving that way, she could have been in her feelings. That could have been real. But then, like, when we get to the end of the episode and we're, you know, basically going to previous the next one and somehow this nice little brunch has de-escalated into this fight over basically which i'm pretty sure we'll hear about the grandpa fucker thing again <laughs> it's like how much of this is just not her sticking to the script right and i'm i'm gonna be outraged because i'm gonna get the attention and i'm gonna i do think it's it's i think it's both but i think it's heavy both yeah i see like that. there's no reason for that brunch where you received nice food, expensive food, and Louis Vuitton to turn into something bad, at, you know. Right. But in my screaming. opinion. She's, Unless you want it to happen. She's yeah. unhinged. And so we find out the other women are very afraid of being on the receiving end of her rage. Like, even her closest friends. 
Um, but Heather is so wise. And I was talking to Donnie, I was talking to you about this before we started recording that like, she is a housewife. I feel like we haven't seen before because she is a good human being, but she's a, also a good housewife mm-hmm. and she's giving us something like she's able to be sort of like the Bethany level or Carol level, like quote unquote, like normal, like one of us people, but then also, I don't know, share so much like vulnerability and help her friends like get to the bottom of why they're acting the way they are. Mm -hmm. If you, I was just like, I feel like she's like somebody built the perfect housewife. (laughs) Yeah. They gave, they gave you like the relatableness of like Eileen and, Mm -hmm. and like the likableness of Candy and, the but able to like actually hold attention and and you know be like Bethany like it's mm-hmm. like she has so many elements of so many she she laughs at herself she does like herself like a Stephanie she, Holman yeah yeah she's mm-hmm. very likable and accessible and you want good things for her you want to get to know her like I I tweeted I was like I find it hard to believe that Lisa does not remember Heather I find that very hard to believe because mm-hmm. I think like you would remember like even in th- what she sees herself in a role as the being small now, I feel like she takes up so much room. She's so much yeah. in the space. So she's a memorable I, I woman. Her. Yes. And she's so wise. So she figures out like better than any of these, you know, shrinks that these women go see. She figures out right away that Jen is lonely and she, Jen is upset that Sharif isn't around very often. It was the anniversary of her dad's death and Sharif wasn't at her dad's funeral. Because he had a football game, which is <laughs> crazy. And she's just taking it out of Meredith because she doesn't really know how to explain it and talk to Sharif about it. Right. And I was like, that is so deep to like to like yeah. figure out all these layers. You know, I could spend years trying to understand Jen's behavior and to see Heather like be able to explain it to us in two minutes. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's what makes me. I like when they really do have these relationships as opposed to just being like six random women casted or mm-hmm. like on Beverly Hills. They worked on a soap opera 28 years ago for one episode. <laughs> so I, I feel like Heather really knows Jen and what makes her tick. And it's good to see that not diagnosis, but kind of mm-hmm. of a friend. No, and I then started to relate to Jen in, you know, just talking about, like, the anniversary of someone's death, like a parent's death, and the, like, weird stuff happens to me sometimes around, like, the anniversary of my mom's death, usually more around, like, her birthday. Like, I don't even realize, and, like, my body will just break down, and it's just, like, the stress and the pain and all the stuff. It just comes out even when you don't think it's going to, and so... I'm sure this had been building for, you know, she knew it was the first anniversary. Yeah. So she shouldn't have been drinking. Right. (laughs) That's like number one thing. Like if you're dealing with really bad grief, like do not drink. Yeah. It's not going to get you anywhere good. And I think it's tough because she did just start this housewives process. So like that's new stress, whether it's fun or, bringing her attention that she wants, whatever. It's Mm -hmm. still something new that you're adding on top of this milestone of your grief. Totally. Um, 
And so, but then she, this is where she loses me, is she, because she's pissed at Meredith, she spills that Meredith and her husband are getting separated. And that starts, you know, everyone to then start knowing about this. Mm -hmm. And that's not her thing to tell. It's not her story to share. And that was so wildly inappropriate. It was. But we see Meredith finally talk about her separation to Lisa, two women mm-hmm. who look like they don't ever talk about their feelings and somehow <laughs> cry and say they love each other without actually sharing anything that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you had this moment, but yet we don't know anything else about the separation. Yeah. <laughs> Did you freeze? Oh, no, we're just thinking. Oh, no, we're all thinking. Like I was thinking because... Meredith said they've been friends for like 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that maybe they've had off camera conversations about it. And then now they're like finally talking about it on camera because when Lisa was like, am I going to cry? I feel like she already had yeah. an idea yeah. of what it could be about. Yeah. So I think that's probably why, you know, I, I find them very similar. It's going to, it took me a while to tell them apart even <laughs> because I thought they look and, and then when they showed up at the Met Gala party, both even dressed in, like, in different suits. colors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they'll look like it was like the Olsen twins. Like <laughs> it was very different, but very similar. And it could be like a, a racist thing because I can't always tell white people apart. <laughs> but well, and Jews, nonetheless. I mean, these are two Jewish women. One who I mean, became a Mormon, so that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to go down that road. But <laughs> as, as as Chris Rock said, black people don't really break white people up into groups. You're all. <laughs> But I couldn't tell them apart for, like, the first two episodes. I was like, which one is this? Is this the one with the gay son? No, this is the one with the funny sons. Okay. (laughs) But you can tell. Because I think Lisa's kids are so funny. They are funny. But you can definitely tell Meredith apart because her mouth moves to the side. It does this weird thing. She's. I'm trying. I've been trying to figure out who she speaks like. She sounds exactly like someone, but I can't put my finger on it. She doesn't sound like it, but her mouth moves like Drew Barrymore's mouth a little bit. That's getting me closer, but it's not. But it's not there. For me, no, it's not Drew Barrymore. It's it's somebody else, but it's somebody like equally well like known. Like Katie Holmes. <laughs> Almost like Katie Holmes, yes. But it's more like a. <laughs> we're gonna figure this out. You're gonna, we're gonna, like, we're gonna, you're gonna like out. message we're, we're... me like you know at three a.m. Be like, yeah. oh my god! It's... Like, Bam! <laughs> we need a Patreon episode of us just trying to figure it out. Oh my gosh! So it's kind of like Goldie Hawn. Yes. It, well, it's Go- not, not... <laughs> Goldie Hawn in First Wives Club when she gets all those injections and can't move her mouth. Well, well that's just Goldie Hawn. Morning, now. Muhammad. <laughs> Don't Hello. speak ill of Goldie. Hello. I love Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's like my favorite movie. <laughs> It's a wonderful movie, and it still holds up. It, it is one of my top, like, three favorite movies. <laughs> oh, my That's gosh. Um, so then Mary decides to host a Met Gala-inspired luncheon, and it is the most chaotic <laughs> thing I think I've ever seen. I I didn't even know what to do with this. So um, they have a red carpet and valet, and... <laughs> As Lisa says, the valet look like they're Christmas toy soldiers. Um, there's beta fish on the table. There's personalized journals and pens, although the names are written upside down. Um, they're Louis Vuitton AirPods. And then they're drinking Don Perignon from 2003. And Mary says, 
It was the worst heat wave. 5,600 people died, and it made the best grapes. And I did not know what to do with that. I don't know uh, if I've ever laughed. Like, I was laughing so hard. I was like, oh, my God, what is wrong I started, with you? I started laughing at the prayer. She was like, humbly we pray. Over $8,000 caviar, 2003 <laughs> campaign, and Louis Vuitton in boxes. I'm like, I wasted time going to school. I should have become a preacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is some big deal money. And, like, to be able to spend that much money and, like, your parishioners don't care. Like, so I think she doesn't just own the church. I so think true, they have but... all these, like, other things related to the church. Yeah. Right? That make them all the yeah. money. But, but it's like wild by the it church is. primarily. Yeah. Right, like it's, you're right. It, for me, like I just can't, you know, like I couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't give money to a church. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's where my money was going. Like I I would like literally be itemizing everything. I would have to work in the church. Who how much is that? Like I, I can, Yeah. I can well, there's a fashion line too with the grandma where the grandmother's the face of the fashion line. And it's like urban like sweatsuits with just like i don't know what i it's like like big mama on it or something i don't know whatever they called the grandma yeah i googled the grandma's name to see if i could deep dive more on mary and i found this fashion line (laughs) is that what is that what mary wears because like mary has she dresses like the lost jackson family member from like the late 90s yeah yeah when she was in her kitchen dressed like rhythm nation with the hat, and like she had the gloves. Like, yeah. That, like, white denim, like, jumpsuit <laughs> with, like, the, the leather. Like, the, it was, like, lace and feathers or something. Uh, it was, yeah. I was like, that is, like, Latoya Jackson chic. <laughs> and, like, wearing 12 necklaces at the same time. Always. Right. Like, Little gloves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, like, the fingerless gloves. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everything <laughs> about her is so unhinged and chaotic. And it is. I I I just don't know what to do with her. I'm worried about her, but I absolutely love her on my screen. Yeah. Even with her son when he said, "I want to be a fashion designer." And she's like, "Not a um not a Brain surgeon." surgeon? Yeah. Oh, There's there were no steps in between that you knew this is what he was thinking about. They're very different. And then when Lisa was like, "No, he's got the vibe." And he's wearing <laughs> sweats. <laughs> what vibe? I mean, well that is well, that's Leah's vibe, and she has a clothes. <laughs> True. <laughs> or Mary's grandmother. Wait, streetwear. Streetwear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So they all go around and share something about themselves. So Mary said that she has trust issues. Well, I think I that's mean, just the beginning. Whitney says she's not trying to care what people think about her, but she wants everyone to know she's not a swinger. Lisa starts crying while just saying she has extremely high goals for herself. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best. Like, I'm a perfectionist, I'm never happy. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And Jen then says she talks about her dad's immigrant story. She's the oldest child, and there's lots of responsibility in the Tongan culture. And she was viewed as different. And I hate when she was like, people thought I was black. I was like, you could just say different. You have yeah. to like... Like, look at Mary could, and be like, she was part was like you. <laughs> I mean, but I did, like, when I first saw previews, I did think that she was, like, biracial. I thought she was yeah. part black. 
So I get, I, I mean, I get that, but yeah. that isn't anything she needed to say in front of an actual black person. Yeah, I love, right, I like, love, well, and then like pointing and looking at Mary when she said it was, was, was the, the cherry on top. I, I love that Mary was like, I know I was black and grew up here. <laughs> yeah. It was the best. And then she says, she feels that no one reciprocates the type of loyalty her father taught her. And she's basically mean because she cares so much. And, <laughs> you know, Mary points out that words hurt as, you know, and I think Jen's saying, well, actions hurt. And they're fighting over kind of words or actions. And then Jen apologizes for yelling at Meredith. And then Mary's kind of thinking, well, where's the apology for calling me a, you know, grandfather fucker? Grandfather <laughs> <sighs> and then to be continued. Yeah. The to be continued was out of nowhere, I feel like. Like, they settled, and then it said to be continued. I feel like normally we rise up, and then we get a to be right. continued. <laughs> I think that Jen is going to show her whole natural ass before she leaves that <laughs> brunch. And, like, she stood up, and I'm, I don't think she's ever going to sit back down. That is... It, it's out of nowhere i'm like i thought you had made peace like yeah. you literally just apologized and now you're gonna dunk on mary again for her grandfather like okay girl <laughs> jen is one of Here those people again. that like i think we all have friends that have conversations in their head that they assume that you're part of <laughs> and so they like jump from like one topic to another and then are confused as to why you haven't followed them on their yeah. like internal cerebral <laughs> journey and I feel like that's Jen. Like, she gets angry and then co- doesn't understand why people don't see why she's angry, even the, because mm-hmm. the last thing she said was that they were going to move forward. So Meredith and the rest of them are like, oh, okay, so we're moving forward. And then she's like, but can't you see? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <sighs> that makes sense. You know? Yeah, so, so Jen is the crazy one and <laughs> Mary is the weird one. <laughs> yeah and they're and they're uh, in a competition <laughs> i mean and i can understand why because like i could totally see mary being such a focus in the show because she is such a character so like i mm-hmm. i i can see why they would both be like vying but mary's not even <laughs> mary's not even trying i don't she's not trying. no she's just being herself and jen is like oh but look at me and yeah it's going to make this like some interesting TV. I feel like it's like Kim and Kyle. Like Kim was just herself and kooky and on the <laughs> on the midst of a psychotic break and <laughs> Kyle was like, yeah, and Kyle was doing splits and twirling her ponytail in the air. And I feel like that's Jen and Mary. Yes. Very <laughs> much so. Uh well, aside from Heather, do you guys have any favorites on Salt Lake? Jen, even though I just should talk to her for 20 minutes. I just, Amazing. I, I love I it. I really love Jen. I think I would click into place in the Shaw squad perf- perfectly. Um, and I, for the reasons I come and watch Housewives, she's delivering everything I want. Mm-hmm. I bet you. I like Jen too. Um, I actually, I really like Whitney. Me too. Like I think I think she's yes. a really interesting character. She's funny. She's like bubbly, but not in like a stupid, like airhead way. I think she's beautiful. And I mean not that that's really important, but um yeah, I, I really like her and I'm interested to see like see more of like her life because I don't feel like we've really seen a lot of her 
besides her father, we haven't seen a lot of her day to day yet. And, and, you know, I'm interested to see some more of that from her. I'm fascinated by her. She's the person I probably like reading the bios thought I would like the least. Yeah. And I'm mm. drawn to her because she just appears to be very authentic. Like she's yeah, not trying right. to hide anything. She's not trying to be anything other than who she is and mm-hmm. what her life is like and not really making apologies. And I'm here she's for it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for being on and for breaking all the stuff down with me and for all of the laughs. Of course. You guys have the most hilarious podcast. Um, can you tell everyone both where they can find your podcast and then where they can follow you on social media? Sure. Um, so you can find Know That, a Real Housewives podcast, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. And then you can follow the podcast on Instagram or Twitter at Know That Pod. Yeah, and you can follow me personally uh, at Quentin Lamar on Twitter. Uh, me again. If you want to follow <laughs> me personally, you can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram or Twitter. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Us. It was so, so much fun. fun. We're going to have to break down more stuff. Please. Soon. Oh, yeah. Yes. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.